This time of the year, though, uh, we do seem to get a lot of people coming forward with their offerings on how we might improve our health and lifestyle choices. And this is where uh, Michael Mosley comes in this morning. He's a doctor, trained doctor, science journalist, TV presenter, best-selling author of health and well-being books, gut specialist, and the brains behind a very popular diet called the 5-2 Intermittent Fasting Diet. And he's back uh, just in time for the new year, which uh, is interesting, a cookbook based on his Fast 800 diet. And Michael Mosley is with us from the UK. This uh, obsession we have, Michael, with diet and health and fitness, it's going nowhere, is it? Well, it's certainly not going to uh, disappear, um, if that's what you mean, because the fact is that we're getting older and generally unhealthier. Um, so I think the need to do something about it is certainly there and increasing. And I think the science is also um, improving. Uh, we have much better ideas now about um, what you can actually do to improve your health, uh, to stay fitter and healthier. So, no, I don't think the obsession is about to fade away any time soon. No. There's so many fads, that's what it seems like to me. It, you know, it's one thing this week and something different uh, the next week. Why has the 5-2 diet worked in the way that it has? I think because it was originally based on good science, uh, a lot of research done, particularly in the States, uh, by people like Professor Mark Matson at the Institute. National Institutes on Aging. That's where I uh, originally started um, getting interested in intermittent fasting. So I think there was around 20 years of animal research before um, they even translated it into humans. And I guess because there is something about iconic about the title. Um, so 5-2, I never imagined it would take off in the way it did. Uh, but people love the idea of being able to cut their calories a couple of days a week and then kind of, you know, uh, be more relaxed on the other five days. So I think it's a combination of those things. It certainly stood the test of time. Uh, there have been a number of clinical trials done. Yeah. And they have shown that um, doing this approach um, seems to be something that people can stick to. So I guess those are some of the reasons. Well, what, what I wonder is whether it's, in my case, I, I just seem to be so lucky uh, just listening to my body. Some days I wake up and I'm starving. Uh, you know, I really want to, and I, I will eat all day. And other days I barely touch a thing and I, and I don't feel that uh, need to eat. Do you think it is just the body talking to itself and listening to your body? Well, I think actually a lot of it is about what you have been eating um, around that time because unfortunately some people wake up starving all the time and that is generally speaking because um, they are eating a pretty poor diet and uh, the sort of um, foods which are, you know, the large food manufacturers have created um, make you crave their products. It's like cigarettes. If you listen to your body uh, while you were um, smoking, uh, you would just go on smoking more and more because that's what your body would be crying out to you. Give me those fags. Unfortunately, um, just listening to your body is not a very reliable way of um, staying in shape. Um, you'd, your body probably would protest quite a lot if you went out for a run for the first time. And if you listen to it, you just lie on the sofa. So, uh, no, I'm afraid I don't think listening to your body is a very reliable um, way of dealing with things. All right. Uh, so you believe in a, a more um, considered approach and uh, perhaps a, a more evidence-based approach. Um, what, why is it that we, we get all these varied diets coming along from time to time? I think it's mainly, there's something like 50,000 uh, diets out there and um, new ones being produced all the time and a lot of them have been created by 
celebrities on the back of a cornflakes packet, and they have absolutely no evidence, science or otherwise, behind them. And it's just a sort of personal endorsement, and they take off for a little while, and then they collapse. Uh, because they are really, really stupid. Uh, there are some <laughs> crazy ones like the cabbage soup diet. My dad, um, who was hugely overweight, unfortunately, uh, went on um, lots of um, things like the drinking men's diet where you just drank booze, I think it was, for a week. What? Now, you look at that and you think, that's never, ever going to work. He was a smart, sophisticated guy, and yet he got sucked into it because, you know, uh, there was a good book or something like that. And um, so that's why they're out there. Oh. Uh, there's a lot of desperation. I completely accept that. And there are a lot of people who are prepared to, uh, you know, produce junk uh, to, you know, uh, basically sell books and, or products or whatever it might be. And some of them are ludicrously dangerous. What I would say is um, do look into the credentials of anyone who's promoting this stuff. And um, when you buy a book or something like that, look to see if they've got any scientific references. I pepper my books with lots of scientific references just so people can check up. Um, that the claims I'm making are actually based on something. All right. Uh, hold it there, if you will. We'll come back and take a little bit more with uh, Dr. Michael Mosley, who is actually a doctor, so uh, some credibility to what he's saying about fads and diets and how you can improve your life in 2021. It's 14 past eight. Morning. Back with uh, Michael Mosley, uh, I probably don't need to tell you any more than that, uh, given his track record, all the books that he's uh, written and all the TV shows that uh, he's been involved with over the past couple of uh, decades. A diet for 2021, uh, what would your priority be in terms of uh, a a diet? Five plus a day and then uh, what else? Okay, so I think that um, my go-to diet is the Mediterranean diet. That's the traditional diet um, of the Mediterranean countries. It's the best tested diet in on the planet, really, um, for its health effects, for helping people uh, maintain uh, weight loss and also, you know, modest weight loss. And that involves essentially uh, oily fish two or three times a week, um, plenty of um, vegetables, legumes, things like kidney beans, lentils, um, people have um, failed to, you know, stick with how, how do you cook these things? And I think uh, that's important, knowing how to cook. Uh, some dairy, also a modest amount of meat as well, and then uh, plenty of olive oil and nuts as well. Those seem to be the ingredients of a healthy diet. I'd also throw in some fermented foods uh, because there's plenty of evidence in places like um, South Korea and Japan um, of the beneficial effects of fermented foods like kimchi, sauerkraut, and things like that. Yeah. So I don't think the basic diet has changed at all. Um, and uh, I think you spoke to almost any nutritionist or dietitian on the planet. They would go, yep, uh, Mediterranean diet's the one you should be aiming for. And unfortunately, in countries like uh, Greece and Spain, uh, they no longer follow the Mediterranean diet. They eat a, sort of essentially a junk Western diet. And the country in Europe which is closest to eating the Mediterranean diet is actually Sweden, uh, where they do a thing called the Nordic diet. So um, I think you know all my books are based um, primarily on the Mediterranean diet, and all the recipes are produced by my wife, Dr. Claire Bailey, who's a GP and who is very passionate about this way of eating. It's tasty, you know. As I said, uh, I don't think anyone's going to argue with that. And no. then it's about sort of, um, you know, other things like exercise, but also intermittent fasting, which I also practice. Um, and that would utterly depend on uh, whether you are overweight to start with. But that's a diet that gets voted year after year after year 
by nutritionists and dietitians as the healthiest diet on the planet. And would you include a siesta as part of that Mediterranean diet in terms of, uh, you know, emulating a Mediterranean lifestyle? I think um, it rather depends on whether you're living in the Mediterranean. Uh, if you're living in the Northern Hemisphere, um, not so much so because, uh, okay, it depends. Uh, one problem with the siesta is that um, it can reduce your sleep drive. So if you're having problems sleeping anyway, having a sleep in the middle of the day, particularly as a longer one, uh, can knock you out. I mean, traditionally it was done because it was really hot in places like Greece and Italy in midsummer, and so you would want to retire from the heat, and having a snooze was a pretty good way of doing it. The siesta got repurposed as the power nap by some American marketing guru, and suddenly we're all told we had to go and have a siesta. Um, but the science suggests that ideally it should be no more than 20 minutes, and it should be, you know, maybe an hour or so after lunchtime. As I said, the danger is if you have your siesta and it's longer than that, uh, that you will find it hard to get to sleep that night. So my wife is a big fan of when she's knackered of having a very short sleep. She wakes up refreshed. Um, I have it and I feel completely knackered for the rest of the day. <laughs> I think it very much depends on you. Well, thank you so much for being uh, with us this morning. Dr. Michael Mosley, The Fast 800 remains the best-selling diet book in New Zealand uh, since it was published here a couple of years ago.